Hey, this is Matt from Metal Nerdery. Check us out on the social media, on the Facebook, on the Instagram, at Metal Nerdery Podcast. You can also follow us at metalnerdery.com slash podcast. Nerd out. All right, the testicle. And go. (laughs) Excellent start. Excellent start. All right, boys and girls, another episode of Metal Nerdery. Uh, This time. Welcome back. We are uh, we're taking you to church. Talk about a little testament. Old testament, not New Testament or Old Testament, just fucking testament. The testament, the, the testament. testament. Thank you very much. Yes, yes. it is your resident and, nurse. Uh, it is Matt. Yes. It is Adam. So, it is Bill. Welcome, welcome. Did you say Matt? I did. I think okay. I said. Did I say my name first? That's a. You dick probably move. did. I'm sorry, you <laughs> probably did. Adam. <laughs> It's Adam, Bill, and Matt. It's, a, it's the Abraham show. That's A-M-B. a short version. Yeah. Wait, or a BM, one or the other. <laughs> Maybe it's that. Right. Welcome. Uh, today we're going to cover The Legacy, which and? is a fantabulous album. The Legacy by Testament is their first official release. It's what a lot of people would say would be the next wave of thrash. Yeah, I'd say it was, it was wave two. Yeah. Yeah. So if the, if the first wave is your really your big four your Metallica your Anthrax your Megadeth your Slayer Testament is one of the big four that would fall into the next wave of thrash metal. Yeah, which is always debatable. Testament and Overkill, Exodus, you know, Death Angel, well, Exodus is kind forbidden, of forbidden, forbidden. Yeah, yeah, forbidden definitely. Yeah, all that, all of that, Sacred Reich. Yep. All so. the delicious, delicious metal. Yes. That we, yeah, because I think uh, I may have missed the beginning of the Big Four era, but uh, I was there for the uh, beginning of the second wave. We were already neck deep in it by the second wave. By yeah, the, by, yeah, I by had the time this started. Yeah, by the, by the time this came around, I had definitely found the thrash and was fully immersed. Oh yeah, I mean by this point, it was like I was very familiar with all the Big Four, and I was starting to break out and do like the history and like do my own little. Metal nerdery shaman journey, you know, and find out my way. And of course, Testament comes along, and it's like, oh my god, this is insane! Yeah, because it magnified everything that had already been done. Yeah, because because but pre-internet, that was the beauty of uh, Headbangers Ball. Yeah, you know, I mean, the that was you know the video for Over the Wall came on, and you know we were like, you know, uh, I know we yeah. keep saying this about stuff, but we you know it came on, and we were like, holy shit, you know, yeah, that's badass. Yeah. We're old school. We were starved. I mean, the, I mean the rhythms were just so freaking tight. I mean, there there were there was no slack in it. Yeah, they had a sound like no other. Right. And right. It was so sick because it was just precision. It was like we would look, you know, and we're all musicians here, you know. Bill's a singer, so that kind of makes him a, a musician. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> he, debatable. <laughs> he plays harmonica. <laughs> Effectively, we're all musicians. We've been in bands, but but the point is, is that it it takes something to do what they do, and they fucking nailed it yeah they did yeah especially for a debut album my god i mean that was like one of the most when i first heard it i literally was like like as a musician you look at each other and you're you're like your jaw is just agape like i cannot believe i'm listening to something this unbelievable because that's what that album was it was awesome from start to finish yeah testament always kind of had this i've been like when i was listening to it in prep for the show i'm like trying to come up with a good word and i think i just Maybe I don't know. They just always had a little bit of a, you know, you had you had your slayers, whatever the the pseudo Satan devil, whatever, blah blah blah. But they they always had just Uh-oh. this weird kind of eerie vibe to them. Maybe. I see that. Yeah, you know what I mean. They just kind of had this. You were talking about we were listening to it just a minute ago. The the production on it just lends to that because it's it's almost it's like this ambient kind of slightly cold kind of mix. You know if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just it, it puts you in just a little bit of a different headspace than some other things, you know. And then the way they uh, interplay with the the clean guitars here and there just adds to the the just the way it's produced. It it's, all, it, it has a vibe to it. Yeah, I mean it's it's not like the creepy like your uh, 
like your King Diamonds or you know whatever that cradle of filth. It's, no, it's, it's not like it's not edge, like that though, kind of thing. But it's got a darker kind of tint to it. Yeah, it's it's got kind of a. I kind of think about like when I particularly when I think about Testament because I always think of Testament with Chuck Billy and I instantly think shaman. And, and I think, you know, not only just because of his background, I think he's Native American, but I mean, it's just Testament always had that vibe of like spreading a message, but like on a different level, because, you know, again, maybe it could be the whole, you know, Northern California hippie metal thing, you know, because forbidden, same area, but something about Testament was just, they were different. Yeah. They, they their own little, little thing going. Quite. Quite. That album cover is massive. I love that fucking album cover. Yeah, it's a good one. The purple sky. It looks like critter. something you would see in a John Carpenter movie, like Big Trouble in Little China or something. Or In the Mouth <laughs> of Madness. <laughs> Weren't they originally called? Yeah, The Legacy. The Legacy. Yeah, yeah they were called. Yeah, they were called that, and then they uh, they found out there was a jazz band called Legacy. Uh, so that's why they. I've got it down further in the notes, but that's that's why they uh, changed their name to Testament. And Testament actually came about, it was suggested by none other than Billy Milano. Wow. Uh, he's a bold, courageous man, I heard. Yeah. He's a bold, courageous man. He was, he was a friend of theirs back in the early days, and when they were, uh, I guess, trying to figure out a name, it, I don't know, he, he suggested it for some reason. Nice. So, a little link there to the, uh, to the East Coast. Yeah. Nice whistle. <laughs> Got a nice whistler there. Windy in here. This shouldn't be funny, but <laughs> sorry. I guess it is. Seriously, <laughs> it was that it was that peach uh, whiskey right, that's right there. Casserole uh, whiskey. Yeah. Uh, On vocals, we have uh, the aforementioned Chuck Billy, the, the man with two first names. Oh yeah. Uh, guitars, we have Eric Peterson, rhythm one of the rhythm guitar gods to me oh, personally, because I'm a God. I'm a I'm a rhythm nerd. Yeah, he's definitely a riff lord. Alex Skolnick, who is just freaking ridiculous. He's definitely a shred lord. He was kind of like, uh, he broke out the, uh, we were always joking about him with his sweeps. Oh, dude, I remember, was it you? He's like you, breaking out the industrial broom and sweeping all over the neck, baby. I remember <laughs> somebody bootlegged back in the day, bootlegged the Testament show. And it might have been you or it might have been yeah, I did. Uh, Scott. It was you. It yeah. was me, yeah. But it was during Alex Skolnick's solo and it was just like sweep madness, which for a guitar player is just like, magic it's like dude how do you do that and just listening to it was mind-blowing mind-blowing yeah i forgot i think i got that tape somewhere it was the one we were talking about with testament wrathchild and uh uh, annihilator Annihilator, yeah Yeah, i I actually that was like the only show ever boot like for some reason i like took a little recorder in there and recorded it cool i think i still got it bad boy need to put that on the uh digitalize it uh greg christian on bass Kind of an underrated uh, member, sort of. And Louis Clemente on the drums. Yeah, sometimes he goes out for ride-alongs with me, you know. <laughs> me I still keep up with him between tours. Yeah? Yeah, sometimes we'll meet for drinks at Red Lobster, you know, like, you know, between sets and stuff. You know, he'll come by and you know, help us break break down the back line and everything. So it's it's cool, you know. Shout out to, to Louis. He's a helpful kind of guy, huh? Yeah, he's a, he's a good dude. And different things I've read over the years that always seem like if there was ever a, a weak link in Testament, it was it was Louie. Yeah, really? I mean, the energy, well. Well, it, it, what's funny to me is I actually read, I read something versatility really while I was prepping for this, which kind of agreed with what I had kind of thought was like the first, it was like the first two albums at least, maybe into practice. It's like, I thought he did pretty good. I like this drumming, but, it it, but yeah, but then it's like, it just started kind of like, it was like he was phoning it in kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, there was after a, a while. Of, yeah. I mean, like, like we said before, it's like on the legacy, it's like the power was there. You could kind of, it's like, you can kind of feel it. Maybe it's a musician thing, but it's like, you feel that kind of, if you're in it or if you're not, you can almost kind of feel like you said, when you're phoning it in. And New Order was the same way in practice. I think still had it. And by the time it got to Souls of Black, it was just kind of like, 
Well, like we were talking before, it's souls. They were they were all kind of like, you know, it was the album tour, album tour, album tour. They should have break. Yeah. So I mean, they'd been going three, four years completely nonstop when they got to souls. So it's like, yeah, there was probably a little bit of fatigue. I'm yeah. sure. You know? Fatigue. I don't know how it's actually pronounced, but must fatigue. be it. Must be Italian. Yeah, I'm experiencing uh, extreme fatigue. Does it come with exhausted? Oh. Hold on, let me check the menu. I think I've got fatigue sauce on the menu. <laughs> Hold on, Gabe. Keep going, guys. I'm looking. But, uh, yeah, so that's the original classic lineup. And I just Which noticed, if you look at this little picture album. here of Louie, he's got on a Halloween shirt. Yeah. Oh, Way nice. to support the prog metal. There you go. On to the technical support. You, you kind of have one of the guys that, he was all over the 80s thrash scene. Alex, I don't know, whatever. Alex Perialis, I think. Perialis, Perialis. I used to think it was Alex Perialis. <laughs> <laughs> he makes the sound sound incredibly paralytic. So, yeah, he, he was all over. We'll get into that here in a, in a few minutes. But he was all over the uh, 80s thrash scene. A lot of the New York stuff, too, right? Or Northeastern yeah, Quadrant. Yeah, yeah. Thrax, too, I believe. And, uh... Then you got the, the executive producers were John and Marshall Zazulu, which uh, if anybody Johnny keeps up with crap from the old days, he uh, he's the founder of Megaforce Records, which uh, who uh, debuted Metallica to the uh, well yeah. after the uh, Metal Blade, yeah, you know they got the signed Metal by Massacre. Megaforce. Yep. So John, he yeah he like I think he had to like mortgage his house and do all. I mean he was like he was going out on a wing and a prayer, yeah, hoping Metallica was, a, was gonna hit because I mean he was he was putting himself on the line for Metallica. I bet he is living life right Success. now. Hopefully, hopefully he's been uh, you know rewarded. I think, I think, yeah. I think the universe has been good to him. Uh, a guy named Tom Coyne mastered it. Uh, Eric Peterson came up with the logo concept. Yeah, that's cool. Always dug, dug their logo. Yeah. Uh, Bill Benson actually uh, did the logo art. I uh, got a guy named Elect. I guess that's a guy. Alexis Olson came up with the cover concept, and Maybe a Dan Muro came up. With, uh, he did the photography. It had a very surreal look to it. That cover. That's that's kind of like you were saying before about Testament having that otherworldly kind of vibe to it. I, I think for me with Chuck Billy, just the sound, it kind of had like you know, it's like shaman thrash metal. Yeah, like I mean, when, yeah, when you get into it, some of the stuff he starts singing about and the way his voice is, you know, it just yeah. kind of lends itself to that. Yeah. To me, so, I mean, even though it was it's their first one and it's, you know, recorded in 86, it seems a little bit, it seems like it's way like 83, 84 or something. Mm, like you know the production, I mean? you yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. kind of got that rawness to it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have, if you think about what else, you know, came out in 86, 87, yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah. have that. Fullness to me, right? Of course, you know, yeah, budget also. Uh, yeah. Like my comparison, yeah, yeah, budget, that point. I guess. Budget. Well, that's what I was gonna say. You uh, had about the damn dollar, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, yeah. you had puppets and uh, but they were established among the living, them. and yeah, these are bands that have been around. Yeah, they right. had some so yeah, this already. being their debut album, yeah. I mean, you can see where a budget played into it, but, yeah. but the production had like that. a weird, like a real, like a sound to it. Like like I was saying before, the guitar sounded very metallic. Yeah, like that's, yeah, that's like what I was saying earlier. It's kind of got this cold sound to it, which I think yeah, cold, actually that's a good descriptor. It kind of lended itself to the sort of the mythical kind of ambiance yeah. they had going. Because on. it was always like like back in the day, you know, we would always you know the, the holy grail as a guitar player was to find that amp that just sounded like had the killer best crunch sound. Yes, yeah, so why the hell did we buy crates? Because <laughs> we were broke and we were young. That's why. But if you go back, I mean, all those guitar sounds, like this album, the guitar sound was massive. I mean, all of it was, but the guitars in particular were like magic. Yeah. New territory for us. Yeah, so it was uh, recorded. It was actually Alex Perales' studio, Pyramid Sound in Ithaca, New York. Yeah, Thrax definitely did some work there, I think. A lot of the bands did. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, recorded, uh, didn't get any exact dates, just 1986. Uh, released April 21st, 1987 on Atlantic Megaforce. I would, I would say that would be uh, during the peak years of Thrash. Yeah, that's when, the, that's when the majors were, you know, actually swooping in. Yeah, dipping their toe. Atlantic had, uh, what, like Overkill? and Overkill, I think they had, uh, well, Anthrax was on Island. 
Atlantic had overkill. Was Wrathchild on Atlantic? I can't remember. Like the they debut? Were. They were. They were on Atlantic. Uh, Pantera was on ATCO. Yeah. yeah. I think they went to East West. They probably, I think they stayed with ATCO. Yeah, Atlantic had a lot of the a lot of the thrash stuff. And then I think it all rolled up under like the Warner Electra Atlantic because, you know, Metallica was on um, Electra. Anyway, Music yeah. Monopoly, blah, yep. blah, blah. Yep. <laughs> so on to uh, Still Alex metal. Paralysis. Paralysis. <laughs> hey, you know, I wonder if he's any relation to Greg Kinesis. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do a 23 on me. <laughs> Let's see if I can talk talk Greg Kinesis into this, seeing if he's related to Alex Paralysis. Yeah, so he's he's best known for uh, I guess Thrash's Golden Years. Oh yeah. yeah, he was on a lot of stuff. He he actually owns Pyramid Sound, still still runs it, still oh, does cool. recording there. Um, he's also runs the sound recording technology program at Ithaca College. So he's he's serious about it. Serious, serious, serious. Uh, so yeah, as, as bands that he worked with. Metallica, Anthrax, Raven, the uh, our favorite band, Exciter. Exciter, doing Exciter from the album. Overkill, Exciter. and then you got the whole SOD, Nuclear Assault, MOD. Yeah, the family uh, tree. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of our favorites, Matt, Carnivore. Yes. Carnivore. And PETA. Gnostic Front, Flotsman Jetsam, yes. Violence, Wrathchild. Oh, yes, America. Uh, old uh, Atlanta band from back in the day, Peace Dogs. ATL, shout out. Uh, and then some varied stuff. He's done some Joe Bonamassa. I think it's called Manassima. Do, 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 do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, and Manassima. Then, and then I found this, and I had to include it just because of the band name. Uh, Giant Panda Gorilla Dub Squad. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I don't know. See, but, but I got to hear it. That's even more exciting than Exciter. Uh, my my kid suggested we should do a, a band a, a episode on bands with ridiculous names in <laughs> metal. That's a good idea. Holy oh, yeah. crap! So that'll there's a, a crap ton of yeah, I'm one. sure there are. There's yeah. That'll be a multi-part uh, series. I think is what we'll call that. One of my favorites, Scott and I came across one night while drinking beer on YouTube. Is I wrestled a bear once. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a ridiculous what? name, but and then fun. and then another. I think it was another drunken night. On YouTube, I think I was sitting there by myself just looking at crap, but I came across a band. I think they were German, maybe, but they're called We Butter the Bread with Butter. I swear uh, to God. I always thought that was fucked I up. I remember you not, told yeah, me about that. That, yeah. that just yeah. seemed fucked up to me. And, of course, I had to listen to it. Of course. Yes. But, okay, anyway. So then you have the uh, the aforementioned that uh, we just talked about, Johnny and Marsha Z. Uh, he started out as the owner of the Rock and Roll Heaven record store in Jersey. Founded Megaforce Records basically to uh, put Metallica out, but yeah. he's he's just he's basically a big he's a central figure in the East Coast metal scene just all around. He's pretty much the most probably one of the most important figures I think in East Coast. Well, really all of metal, but definitely the East Coast scene, especially That's, the New York scene. You could probably sure. say he's like, you know you had the Brian Slagle from Metal Blade out in California. He's and East then, Coast, yeah, and then you got yeah. Johnny Z out you east. It. He was nice. yeah, you know, cool. I was thinking we should uh shouldn't give away too much, but maybe we should do a Megaforce oh, yeah. episode sometime. Yeah. Anyway. We heard here first. Mercury <laughs> Brain Squad coming at you live. It's all kinds of foreshadowing. Oh yeah. Foreshadowing. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it sounds <laughs> shadowing. I think the guy that intrigued me the most in this was uh the guy that did the uh the mastering, Tom Coyne. He had I thought I put it on here, but he he's been involved in like over two thousand albums, I think, or wow. something like that. That wow. dude sounds cool. like a monster. I think it's what I read. I mean, he's and most of it, which is the weirder thing, is most of it's like <clears throat> hip hop, R and B, pop. Huh. But he is he has definitely delved into the metal world. So it's just that you know I always talk about it, but that's the, I just find that kind of stuff interesting because yeah. you get these guys that are off doing something way over here, and then they. How the hell did you drop in on Testament's first album? Yeah, no, you know, no. where did that come from? Yeah, but you know what I think is fascinating about that, just for just a degree of musical metal nerdery, is the fact that it represents a challenge because you know other forms of music or dynamic things tend to stand out, and with metal, especially thrash, everything is on ten. 
No, you know, but, you get it. That's but, an excellent point. But cause... you got to mix it in a way where it sounds articulated enough to where you can still hear the difference. Yeah. So that that is art to do that. I think yeah. you did a masterful job. No, no you're, you're actually, that's that's an excellent point because, like you said, you know, your normal pop, rock and roll, funk, whatever, jazz, everything's at more manageable levels, I guess. Right. You know, and you then can, like. You can really hear the peaks and valleys. Yeah. And then, like you just said, thrash and all that everything's on 11 you know so to to be able to to pick the parts out and make them like intelligible mm-hmm. on a record where you can actually pick it out is that that's art there's yeah. a talent that's a definitely and you almost have to have someone maybe kind of step outside to be able to hear the differences and i think that's what you can hear in the production value of the album when you listen to it because it kind of has that because you know i remember it from 1988 as a kid hearing it and just the way it sounded it was like a magical i'm like wow i didn't know a band could sound like this it's all the production yeah yeah because i mean you know how many we've all heard bands that were like where it could be really good but it's hard to hear it's hard to listen to yeah and you kind of just you forget about it because it's just your favorite word it's brick walled you know yeah red line it's like there's no dynamics um but yeah he's he's dabbled in a little bit of everything he started out Messing around with the Rolling Stones of all people, uh, Cool and the Gang, Billy Ocean, James Brown. That's a lot of his early work. Wow. And uh, I just kind of threw a, I kind of threw a little bit of everything in here. But yeah, so Exciter. you got all that Flock of Seagulls, Nuclear Assault, yeah. Kill, Exciter again, Buster's Pain Buster Dresser, Poindexter. <laughs> uh, Poindexter. I thought it said Pain Dresser. I'm like, what is that? Uh, <laughs> Agnostic Frost, Sepultura. All right, here's a nerd side note. But you remember Buster Poindexter back it in the eighties? Familiar. Yeah, I can't remember the song, but he was on MTV. But he was actually in the uh, the New York Dolls. Hmm. You remember that? Have you I ever do heard remember of the New York Dolls. Now, why do I know? Because Buster Poindexter, I thought, did something in the eighties or nineties. Yeah, but it was more like eighties. But what did he do? Whatever. Did I don't he do something? Yeah, if we looked it up, up, you'd remember it. You'd remember it. I can't think of it off the top of my head. We, but We may do that on a later update somewhere because his name yeah. sounds really familiar. But the New York Dolls, they were... I do know them. They were sort of a rock punk. They they had the whole androgynous thing They're going kind on. kind of pre-kiss. Yeah, they influenced a lot of the early yeah. kind of glam, glitter metal. But um, Back to Tom Coyne, Sepultura, Deicide, Kid Rock, Sade. There, there's a left turn. <laughs> I know, right? Sade, House yeah. of Pain, The Roots. Nice. You remember Mindfunk? Yes, I do remember Mindfunk. Snot. Snot. Britney nice. Spears. I know you like Galactic. To produce Britney Spears. Yeah, yeah, Galactic's cool. Def Leppard. Taylor Swift and Bruno Mars. So wow, he's, he's quite a resume. He's been all over. I'm guessing he probably did like post, uh, post hysteria Def Leppard because I think Mud Lane kind of had most everything from like, well, Pyromania. Well, he was the producer. Mutt Lang was. Uh, so Tom Master, yes, yeah, so he probably yeah. could have done it even before. Well, kudos and commitments. Yeah, I'm not sure dude. which albums, but. He gets commitments from me, regardless, collectively. Uh, then you got uh, Bill Benson did the album artwork. He did a lot of their stuff, really. New Order, Practice, Souls, Ritual. Uh, Did, didn't you say before that you said something about Testament? Didn't you say that you thought that they had like a a little bit of a creepy factor. Yeah. I think that artwork kind of yeah. said perfectly what needed to be said. Yeah, because New Order covers just always yes. like that. Mm-hmm. That one cover. was perfect. And it's haunting too. It's like that. It's like every time you see it, it's just it's the same kind of level of magic. And I always thought the practice cover was really yeah. cool too. Yeah. It, it was like totally different. Yeah color scheme and everything on there it was just really cool there's always kind of like a certain hidden message to it that's what i always liked about their artwork because it kind of was like that whole experience thing like you got to put on the record like with headphones or something and like look at the artwork and the lyrics and the inlay and just the way that looks that album cover is just so badass it's like got to you got to man got to you got to got to got to got to I couldn't really find uh, anything else that he'd ever done, though. So I don't, really? I don't really know. I did a few searches and didn't come up with anything. So Maybe he got know. some super advanced degrees and created the cure for Ebola side. I don't know. Cool. Commitments to him. I'm making up diseases. It's time the time. <laughs> Sorry. Just do that for fun. Yeah. In my spare time. 
saw the big four. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you got uh, Dan Muro. He did the. Uh, he's done album artwork for Overkill, uh, Dream Theater. Awesome. Whiplash, M.O.D., Morbid Angel, Grip Inc., White Lion, Lillian Axe, Steve Morse. I've talked about Lillian Axe before. Yeah, and uh, Symphony X. I like a lot of those bands. That's cool. Uh, in my uh, trying to find stuff out about him, he's got like a really big uh, advertising company right now. Oh, really? So yeah, I guess he kind of got out of the thrash metal business and expandified. And just Yeah, he evidently he's got a pretty big, successful. Cool. It looked serious yeah. <laughs> well, hey. i found their out their uh web page and i was like well okay that's like that's some serious crap right there that's not <laughs> like some some guy just uh you know hashing some crap together you right. know so it's like i have an operation to run here <laughs> with growing confidence and growing strength in the <laughs> yeah that would be great if you started every work day with like a churchill <laughs> speech and then you went to work sorry love after death flashback moment this one little thing I found on this I thought was cool is number one on Loudwire's top ten list of thrash albums not released by the Big Four. Ah, that's a hell of a distinction. Yeah, I think that's a very. I think that distinction alone is almost sort of like that. That's pretty fucking up there. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, you're just you're setting aside the Big Four, and if there's a and Big then Five, there's, there's this. There, yeah, this is yeah, the right. top of the heap. Yeah, yeah if, if there is a Big Five, if you just said Big Five, Testament is number five there in that list. But see, I mean, you can't really do that because I mean, they were the beginning of that next wave. But because there, you also had Forbidden, and then you had all that other stuff that was coming behind it. But yeah, they would be the Big Five if that were the case. Which is what that said. Hashtag soft intro. Like moving on. <laughs> Thank you, man. Uh, yeah. Loud as we music. had said prior, they were known as The Legacy. They had Steve Zetro Souza like as their different. singer, and uh, he left to join Exodus. The irony. I thought somewhere I'd read that Chuck Billy was like in Exodus and switched over them, but. Yeah. Uh, evidently not. I guess that was. Was that a rumor? Uh, you know, myth. I guess. Would you say, Adam? I think it's safe to say that's a vicious rumor. Oh, thank you very much. I'm sorry, that was the metal nerdery uh, band mm. name drop for punnery. Welcome to the ball. The dumb segment that we may or may not ever do again, depending on what you think. <laughs> <of it. laughs> yeah, he was. He was evidently in a band called uh, Guilt. Wonder how he yeah. felt about that. He was he was a. <laughs> Sorry. I got Sorry. a little link here. We'll look at in a minute. But I, I got he was a few years older than the rest of them, which I didn't really realize. Oh, yeah. Huh. yeah. So he was. I guess when when the thing first came about him coming in there, some of the guys in Testament were like, you know, like I don't know, he's he's older than us. But hmm. I guess Eric Peterson talked him into doing it. He might be uh, dangerous, man. I don't know. Looks like a shaman. Yes, he's the shaman of metal. Chuck Billy is the shaman of metal. I think that's a fact we can all agree on. Is that is that reasonable? I Get think he is. Here. I'm gonna say he is. Chuck Billy is the shaman of metal. You heard it here first, folks. 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 Show. <laughs> both. <laughs> I said both. Okay. Yeah. So Chuck Billy originally started out as a guitar player. Really? That would have been like a killer guitar hero that would have been like Zeus if Zeus was a guitar hero <laughs> so uh, yeah then he became a singer basically, basically he got to the point he says his vocal coach was like you just gotta go get in a band pretty much if you wanna well, maybe because of his intensity he does well I guess he the, the guy was like you know I've taught you what I can teach you if you wanna further yourself you need to get into a band and you know that experience makes sense because some guess. things that are like that you just have to experience it and do you and he definitely did him, because there was nobody like Chuck Billy. Yeah. The, the little funny story I, I saw here was... Uh, Guilt sounded like rat. Yeah, they, they said they were all pretty boys. He's like, they were, they were pretty boys, and then you had Chuck Billy on stage, this big, huge guy wearing a trench coat calling everybody a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so they were, That's awesome. They were like, you know, he was, he was so wrong for that band. <laughs> he, you know, he belonged with us. And... Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. You see Chuck Billy singing for a glam band. I mean, yeah. did you see Chuck uh, Billy wearing a trench coat? <laughs> 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 he 
Oh shit. Ooh. So uh, another little interesting tidbit in this art this article is uh to give credit here. It's on uh, Metal Hammer. Uh, legitimacy, definitely. Yeah. So uh let me get back to it. Okay, so yeah, Johnny Z, I guess, went out to hear him. And uh, Eric Peterson's like, no matter what we did, he just kind of sat there, didn't have any reaction or anything. And, you know, he's like, so we thought we pretty much blew it. Right. Um, and then they, they found out after the fact that earlier, basically when he landed in San Francisco, he found out that was the day that uh, Cliff Burton died. Oh, uh, man. Talk about fateful. So he was, he you know, he was not in a good mood, I guess, kind of down or whatever. Right. So yeah, which uh, when when Testament found that out, they were bummed out because you know they were they were they looked up to Metallica too because sure. Metallica's like a little bit they, ahead of them in the game. Leaders, yeah. So, but it ended up working out for them because they got signed to Megaforce, and I guess uh, Zazula had a the deal was in the works to bring Atlantic in to distribute or whatever. So he was like, "Yeah, I want to bring you in, but let's let's hold off a little bit till I get better." Yeah. distribution you know and then we'll then we'll put it out so so cool. it all ended up working for him yeah yeah testament had like a certain it was interesting because their 80s stuff had a different vibe to it than their 90s stuff some of that's probably because we're young too but i mean their 80s stuff was a lot more like those three you know like this one and the new order and then practice they just it's just something about that three man it's just like the holy trinity of testament albums it just you know and then it gets to like the 90s and you've got like you know, low demonic and the gathering. Same that that was after that was after like souls and the, yeah, the ritual. Souls and the ritual. The ritual, I think, was a response to the black album because everybody was doing that. I mean, slowing it down a little it. bit. And well, that put a little more groove. Hook. Yeah, they kind of went the groove. Probably, I think. Ironically, some of that kind of came because there was a documentary. I think Bob Rock was even telling them to put more swing into their sound, but. Anyway, yeah, that, I think everybody was doing that in the nineties. That was that was a response to it. it was like, more, more what? Groove more metal, groove and yeah. swing into it. Yeah, everybody. Pantera, right? Everybody kind of started doing the groove metal. <laughs> yeah, nobody did, did it like Pantera though. No, they are the masters. <laughs> they are the masters. But <laughs> the legacy, yeah, I, I love the legacy, and part of what I love about the legacy is the tracks are pretty much just they just pummel you. Like it, opens. yeah, it's it's. it's Pretty much balls out. It opens with Over the Wall. It's over the wall. <laughs> I mean, because the first time I heard that, someone said, hey, man, listen to this. And I put it on, and I was just like, holy shit, what is that? Because it was just in your face, and it was just wide open. And then I heard his vocals. I'm like, God, man, dude. One of my uh, favorite and bestest memories of Testament was it was my bestest. first pit. Oh, uh, yeah. Testament was my first pit. I bet pit. that was sweet. Uh, is it the old Roxy? In Atlanta, yeah, that was very Buckhead. sweet. Buckhead, Roxy. Yeah, that is since closed. Yes, yeah. that was uh, yeah. Rest in peace. I remember jumping in there, and I was excited and scared as hell all the first yeah. time. I was just a youngin, you know what I mean? But I bet you that was my first one too. I can't think of a yeah. show that I went to before that one that there would have been a pit at. I don't know why I went. It was probably restricted. I had no friends. Not really sure. <laughs> Loser. Or no money. Maybe it was that. I had no money. Yep. I can't. Was it rich like everybody else? I can't else? remember what tour. I mean, it must have been. New, the New Order Tour 88 was a big year for everybody. It might have been that. Yeah, because I remember 88, I did the I did the Priest and Cinderella. Long was Cold it? Winter was 88. No, yeah, it was Ram It Down, Long Cold Winter. Yeah. There's no pit at that. Yeah, yeah it was New Order because I, I have well, the shirt still. Okay. 88 then, probably. And then I did... Uh, Slayer Overkill Motorhead at the center stage. I think that was 88. 88 too. And there yeah. was, I don't really remember there being a pit because there was chairs, but people were ripping chairs out of the floor. Yeah. I remember that story. Uh, I missed that. I felt envious. And then I remember the Testament was like the first thing I went to that I think was open floor. Yeah. You know, where you could actually pit it up. Yes. Fun. Very I heard fun. good things about that show. <laughs> Into the pit. I heard very good things about that show. Absolutely. Absolutely. There it is. Sorry, I was trying to hold that in. On to the tracks. That just as an opener over the wall. My God. That's a, you know, 
It's a killer it's, opener. It's not as short as as Rain and Blood, but it's still you know thirty eight minutes. Intensity. Yeah, it's it's got that that level of intensity for yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it does not let up. It's got much, pockets, but it's still like it gives you a minute. It's like okay, you got your breath, you got your breath, and here comes a fist, and it's like right <laughs> back in your face. And just the way it even just start to finish. I haven't listened to anything like that that blew my mind. That that was one of those first albums for me that I was like, it was next level. Like beyond even the big four stuff. Like I heard that, I was like, what the fuck are these guys doing, man? This is way different than what I'm used to. Yeah, because, yeah, Puppets had come out, which is totally badass in its own right. You know, total classic. But, but like you said, this comes out, it's, it's kind of back to the more like just, Freaking raw, you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. just but also no holds barred. It's also super right, technical. Right, yeah, it's very technical, yeah. Which, which is almost, I mean, the rawness alone is awesome, but then you throw the technicality in there. The lethal technicality, the technical technicality. Well, their sound along with... Um, it's just badass. With Chuck's voice, man, it's just... It's like a gold, It's like a bulldozer. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but like, taking it to the next level, because like, you know, kill them all, you know, obviously classic or whatever, right. but... You know, and badass riffs all over it. But you, you take that and then you put the legacy and the, the technical technicality of the riffs. They're definitely, it's it's more technical than Kill Em All. You know what I mean? It's, it definitely is. It's like a step above, but it is like that next, you can feel that yeah, it's the it, next it's wave. It's like everything else. You know, the next wave is, is pushing it, it's like if you're what looking, came before it. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. It's like if you're looking at a timeline, you're looking at like bar charts and shit, and you look at like where Puppets is. Like where they kind of peaked in like 86. I don't want to say peaked, but 86 was, Puppets was a pivotal album. And then you look at where Testament kind of came in. They kind of came in at the very beginning of Metallica's, you know, ascension, foreshadowing, (laughs) (laughs) into thrash god awesomeness. And then they kind of picked up and sort of took it to the next level. Because their yeah. stuff was even more technical, and that's like we got the forbidden stuff too. Same thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, like I said, it's a natural progression because you got Metallica and Slayer, Anthrax were taking the uh, Maiden, Priest kind of blueprint, pushing that a little bit harder, and then you got like this next wave, Testament, Forbidden, all those guys we keep talking about, and they. They take that, and make it a little bit faster, a little bit heavier, concentrated almost, and then yeah. yeah, and then push the playing as far as the technicality goes. Yeah, we that, should uh, start going through the tracks here a little should. bit. Yeah, let's sorry. Do it. All right. Starts out with the aforementioned classic, "Over the Wall," on thrash metal radio. than a mad A shaman of metal. <laughs> Chuck Billy. Metal shaman. I need to learn to do a Chuck Billy impression. He says that's how he beat his cancer. Shamanism? Yeah. Oh, uh, 
We were talking about weed on our last album. It's quite good. I guess when he found out he had that cancer, uh, basically like a medicine man type guy came over. I, I read the story. Uh, basically came over and did the, the little, whatever the word I'm looking for is, ceremony. session ceremony or yeah. whatever. And yeah, he's session. like, you know, he passed a feather over me and... He's like, so we did the whole thing, and you know, it was what it was. And he said he, he he goes to bed, and he wakes up later on, and he's like, I don't know. He said he was feeling kind of strange or whatever, something wasn't quite right. And then it's like he said he could hear wind picking up outside, rattling stuff around, beer cans and stuff. And then he's like, he's like, I just got. I just, he basically ran to the bathroom, and was just getting sick. Really, and. uh Something like, you know... Is it like ayahuasca or something? What? Is it some kind of psychedelic trip? Not that I know of. Okay. You're just talking <laughs> about it. It sounded like it was. Anyway. But basically, so he's in this... All this stuff is happening. He's in the bathroom doing his thing. And he's like... It just felt like something went through me and out. Huh. And then he goes back to his, his like, official doctor and the, the tumor had become non-cancerous or something like that. Wow. That's, Good deal. You know, this, this is what Chuck says. Universe well, he's big. I'm not going to call him a liar. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then they did, I guess, some more sessions with that medicine man type guy. They, I don't know, somehow they, like, got the tumor size down where they could do a little operation and pull it out, basically. Mm. So that's that's what his story is. So, evidently, after that, he became a lot more involved in his heritage or whatever, you know. Yeah, cool. So, I don't know. Interesting story. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Kudos and commitments for that story. That is an interesting story. This episode brought to you by peyote <laughs> and shamanism. Don't forget the mescaline. And the mescaline. <laughs> so I can talk to God again. Uh, after We're Over the friends. Wall, move on to A Haunting We Will Go. Sorry, the CD player got stuck on skip mode. Let's skip the haunting. The haunting has the awesomest intro. It's creepy as fuck. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's got their spooky factor. Yeah. Spook metal. And the weird harmonies, too. Just eerie. So you could, could kind of like hear them on some soundtracks of some of the 80s. Like yeah. horror movies oh, yeah. kind of stuff, you know. Oh yeah. That that weird evil evality. <laughs> evality. Evality. Evility. Evil evility. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> this is evil evility. And then that's on the haunting. Q one oh seven. Stuff. Oh, yeah. I always thought it was cool the way Chuck Billy sang along with yeah. the rhythm of the music. Yeah. It's very effective, like the way he would deliver and the way the music went. It just kind of matched up. I like, yeah, one of my favorites is like the chorus for Alone in the Dark. He just, he seemed like an otherworldly kind of singer, just the way his voice sounded. He didn't sound like he was from here. You know what I mean? Like something about the quality of his voice, like it had almost like a supernatural. To me, anyway, like Hetfield's was even like that. Like it didn't sound. It had like a different quality to it than like your typical like speaking voice, I guess. Something about the way Chuck Billy sang, it just had this different quality. It wasn't. It was just something. I mean, it was like that pterodactyl thing and the black metal thing. Yeah, man. I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna let you keep talking, not knowing what the hell you're trying to say. I'm just gonna stare at you. <laughs> Bill's gonna crank up the crickets here in a minute. <laughs> Give him a minute. He just had right. shots of alcohol for breakfast. So it's all right. I do that sometimes when we're doing this. I'll, st- I'll start with a point, and then I'm like, "What the? I don't even know what I'm talking about." Now. I don't know. <laughs> 
It's fun. I know we go trying on. to validate my point, and I start babbling. So you know. we start babbling, and then we get tangentially related. And I know that's not a word, but I still like saying it. I wonder how many people are using it. Tangentially accentuated. Yeah, that too. There you go. And gravitated. <laughs> oh. Someone break out the lighter. It's burnt. Offerings. <laughs> Didn't you think that when you first heard this? Like, it's evil sounding. It's part of my evil. Evil under. <laughs> It's like they don't get they don't get simpler easier. It's like more complex game. It's like thrash perfection. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's glorious. Give it an eleven out of eleven. Like the way you're saying this one. Yeah. Creepy. Sure, the vocals kind of pan. Yeah, I just noticed that. I guess the headphones help. You see, I mean, the, the drumming on this stuff is, is pretty good. It's got more energy. I, I like it. It's like you can tell, I guess, he's still... Like, he still wants to be there, man. Still new in the tooth? Yeah, new in the tooth. <laughs> I've not heard that phrase. I just made it up. That's why I probably hadn't heard it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that before. I know it's because I just made it up. And from Raging Waters, we go on to Matt's favorite street. Oh, down here in Kotla Boulevard. Y'all come on down to the rib night on the Tuesday. Millie's opening up. Kotla Boulevard down in the uh, heart of Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, Kotla in the uh, Cheshire, kind of down that way. <laughs> Kotla in Cheshire. The alternative neighborhood. It's kind of up and coming. but Short and sweet. Cot. Lod. Two and a half minutes of brutal brutality. Come on and fight. I'm gonna kick your ass, man. Come on, bro. This riff blew my mind the first time I heard it. Uh, we just got that. It's just awesome. Yeah, going with the whole album cover reminds me of John Carpenter, Big Trouble in Little China theme. Like, like that would have that would have been the perfect movie title for a John Carpenter movie, Curse of the Legions of Death. I mean, that would have been like perfect for a John Carpenter movie. Definitely, it could have followed up in the Mouth of Madness. That would have been perfect. You and mouths, man. I mean, that's <laughs> a, I don't know, everything man. with you today is mouths. Oral. Mouths. Mouths. Maybe I want to just go to my womb. You ever thought about that? Uh, what? I don't know. 
Gotta leave that one alone. I keep some bugles and cheese in there. That's what I do. I keep some bugles and some spray cheese in there for when I get hungry. In your womb? Yeah. It's really comfortable in my womb. Sorry. Is, is that your happy place? Not really. Your safe room? A safe womb? No. Yeah, your safe womb. <laughs> happy place. Totally unrelated. Did you ever see that movie? Jodie Foster, Safe uh, Room or whatever it was? See that movie. Yeah, I saw it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Is it worth seeing? I, I wouldn't remember. I wouldn't watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> that was weird. I heard the background vocals and it sounded like I heard like the different track. You know, sometimes you hear that on headphones. Like you can hear the split. Uh, yeah. It falls in a different place in the headphones, like inside your head. It's like, wait, that's, that's in the back. What's going on back there? Right. Getting too into the production, man. Good lord. And then that's the end of side one, if you're following along with the cassette. Of course, the compact discuses only had just one side. But with the cassette, you had to take it out and turn it over. So, cop lot is the end of side one. Yeah. That's something I kind of missed when the CDs came out. Yeah. Because I always liked, I always liked the uh, the uh, the uh, most kind of the your side one and side two. You know what I mean? Because like, because the way they uh, you could differentiate better. Well, yeah, it was it was like a, a a thing that you had to be conscious of. To me, was like, okay, you start out the album, the ritual, and then you had to have, you know, what was going to be a good closer for side one, kind of, right, yeah. And then what were what was going to be like the opener for side two? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it was like a different mentality than just when CDs came out. It was just all the tracks. You know what I mean? There's so yeah. that's just me being a yeah, nerd. It, it, it kind of changed the vibe of it, though. Yeah, really because did. it was you know to me it was a thing. It was like how do you because it's like some bands would end side one on a little bit of a slow note, just to kind of. You know, in, into the interlude. But, but see, the way they ended side one was just like, holy shit! What? Right. They they ended the side one of their debut like this. It's almost like you know, it's almost like talking about vulgar. It's like, what do you, where do you go from there? And then they go with side two, and it's like, damn. Just the same level of magic. first strike is first deadly. First strike is it's before it was still deadly. deadly. Oh yeah, first strike is more deadly. That riff blew me away too. Their riffs all blew me away. That's badass. Booking along hella. Killer riff, yeah. It's busy as shit, too. Big four stuff it was still the speed and the power and the yeah. intensity and but they just took it like that, that I never thought about the creepy factor with Testament before, but it's always kind of been like lingering. There's, there's always been an eerie inhabitant. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, this is G off tape. I also see what you did there with my third eye. Quit talking about your butthole. <laughs> what do I look like to you, man? Twelve? Well, you didn't know what to say to that. I don't know. Butthole just shut me down. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say I'm shut down by your butthole. <laughs> well, maybe that is wrong, but maybe it didn't mean it like that. 
Sorry, we're not going downtown. We would we're down a tangent on butthole. And we're moving on. Butthole. Butthole. Yeah. To uh I don't know. It's like some bands uh towards the end of the album. Some of the stuff's maybe not you know what I mean. Yeah. But it's like like we just said, it's like Solid. the second side hits, man, and it's Solid. As awesome as the first side is, the second side is like just as awesome because right. I mean you got alone in the dark, do or die. The apocalyptic city i mean it's yeah. just like they just don't let up no they don't <laughs> it's a perfect continuation of side one if you're in the, in the cassette world because it was sometimes you get that like side one might be a little better than side two or side two might have just depending on the album but that that one actually was solid front to back kind of like you know like vocal display of power by the way which we discussed on another episode yeah, that yeah was a it's like you know on perfect album. On, on some things you would listen to side one and you wish you could just flip it and hear side one again because right. you didn't want to hear side two. Yeah, well, yep. side two was side one. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's Slayer math, <laughs> but that was worth it though because it was like the songs in side two were equally as awesome as the songs in side one. And this riff right here, man, <sighs> do or die, do or die. Badass. I mean, even today, that is so fast. It's almost like a freaking bee flying into your Yeah. The bee hopped up on stimulants. Too much coffee. There's some darker melodic stuff there, too. Always had those cool melody melody lines on top of them. Yeah. yeah. I always thought that kind of added to it, especially the earlier festival stuff. That's badass. <laughs> yeah. Fact that they can keep that speed up. Yeah, I've not seen them lately, but I'd love to see how they if they still do shit like this. I'm sure they do. I don't know if they're close with it. They might do that early. Oh no, they just warm up. They probably close with over the wall. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Pretty good one. Oh, yeah. Speedy goodness. Yes, sure. Absolutely. I always thought Skolnick was such a badass. What? Skolnick. Oh, yeah. I always yeah. thought he was such a badass. Great name, too. Skolnick. Skolnick. Yeah, he should have changed his name to Skolnick. Oh, man, I want to go get me some Skol now. I want to get, like, some cool mint. You know what I mean? Get some Skolnick behind the counter there. Alone in the dark? It's like, I want to say it's one of my favorites, but they're all, like... Yeah, my favorites. So oh, awesome. it's kind of pointless to say, I guess. Or just another favorite. Isn't it obvious? Definitely obvious. Sorry, maybe it was too obvious. <laughs> uh, I think she thinks it's too obvious. Obviously, this sounds awesome. Uh, so they kind of. Slow it down a smidge on this one, a little bit more groove to it. Yeah, but then it's got that cool kind of Egyptian almost, not yeah, Egyptian, but like Middle Eastern, keeping with the uh, the weirdness, yeah. creepiness. Yeah, kind of has that. This had that mystical quality to it. Mystical is probably a good term, a little creepy too, but also mystical. Hello. Hounds no. Hell. <laughs> really awakens the hounds of hell. <laughs> with songs. Oh, 
<laughs> like when he gets into that zone. He's just talking about witches and high priests and shit like that. And it's like, yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's evil. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Hey, man. You think Chip Billy does? Like, yeah. Yeah. He like cast spells and stuff, dude. And he's like, he's like holding a seance on stage with a sword. With <laughs> a sword. <laughs> I doubt he's in a loincloth, but he's at least got a sword. He's got to have a sword. He has a shot. I guess. Well, shamans don't usually have swords. They're usually. Yes, he could wear the anthrax headdress and like be a you know. Well, the headdress and maybe like the metal nursery loincloth, maybe the loincloth of destiny. Oh yeah. Loin cloth of destiny. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. Want to get a call from Jack Black? That'd be some good publicity, wouldn't it? <laughs> Jack Black calls. It's like, dude, I can't do Jack Black impression. Take the show, guys. Man, you just made yourself look like an idiot. How do you feel? Go Disney World. <laughs> so we end this one up with Apocalyptical City. It's a lot of letters. Probably all because of some dumb kid who got into arson and nobody talked to him about it. <laughs> nobody fostered his dreams of arson. His parents, Arsonary. His parents loved him so much they bought him his first Zippo when he was three years old. And he went on to learn how to build bombs. And thus we have this song about the apocalypse. It's Take a nice away, backstory. Chunk. Thanks, I try. I get a spiel, this blew me away too. I guess in terms of the association between legacy and test or Exodus and Testament. Texadestament? Yeah. Is that accurate? Texadestament? <laughs> and this uh, this uh, Ramirez there, that was actually Eric Peterson's cousin huh. who started the band with him and then decided he wanted to go form his own band. That's cool. So he had a riff they used. That's cool. Or yeah. a lyric idea. Yeah, so he wrote, he co-wrote Cotlod Boulevard, so. Yeah. Man, that's, that's just killer. Kudos and commitments to that dude for a chip nettle. Kudos and condiments. <laughs> that's right, y'all. That's, a, that's part of what we call here down on Cotlod Boulevard, you know, KC and the Sunshine <laughs> Salad. <laughs> Bar, yeah, it, it's, it's part of the it's, wow, it's part okay. of the rib lounge. Anyway, back to the show. The rib lounge, I just like that. 
Should call the Wing Lounge, man, because those wings were awesome. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where I've got to disagree with you, Napoleon, for the yeah. first time. They yeah, were not those gross. wings were not gross. Built it's just in, Napoleon being an asshole. That's right. Bill did an excellent job of barbecuing chicken flesh to tastiness. Delicious. Chicken flesh, flesh. tastiness. Look, Greg can eat this. was like the Matrix when they were like, so, you know, everything tastes like chicken, but do they know what chicken tastes like? Right. <laughs> I wonder what we taste like to aliens. I wonder if they come down, they're like, human chicken. again. It tastes like chicken. Chicken. I'd like to think we taste like... Slather me in sauce. <laughs> I think I prefer a rub. You know, if I'm going to pick, it's like... I'm a, I'm I wanna, you want to be rubbed? I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be marinated. I don't want to be rubbed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Wait. You, want a, you want a nice rub down before? Uh... Yeah, rub down <laughs> pre marination. <laughs> and sorry, now my mind right. is off. Uh, hello so, to the gutter. Uh, From the gutter. Hello? Yeah. Well, that was our uh, dive on the first. Testament album, The Birth, Legacy. Birth, Big Five. Hey, this is Matt from Metal Nerdery. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Like us, share us with a friend. We are at Metal Nerdery Podcast. That is at Metal Nerdery Podcast. You can follow along with the show on metalnerdery.com slash podcast. Nerd.